Instagram yeah. business. Did I still don't understand. <laughs> Five and a half years later, still don't get it. There's people for that. There's people for that. <laughs> but we don't have we don't have people. <laughs> we have, we have Prince Bentley. <laughs> There's a dog for that. There's a dog for that. What's up, Hank? Welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. It's, you know, I've been dodging you for a while. It's, <laughs> it's time to finally do it. You're, yeah. you're settling into that blue couch real nicely right now. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I feel like there's... Most people take half the podcast to get in there. You're just... Straight to it. Straight to it. down here. Well, we put you at home with a surfboard right yeah, above true. you. We made you comfy. I know. I mean, depending on what happens, this could be mine soon. You could, I mean, <laughs> if you want to get out there and ride it, that's fine. Just don't mess up the paint job. I have too many boards, man. If you're looking for a board, I got you. I'd take one. How many boards do you have? Like, what's a standard number for a surfer to have? Um, if there is a standard number, there is no standard number. Okay. Like, if you, ideally for me, uh, like a high performance, good wave board. A uh, smaller wave board, and then I like a, like a, a long board or a fun board. I have like ten right now, Oof. and it's not all of them get love. Yeah, <laughs> so I need to spread the wealth a little bit. Like I, I bought a board, I still have a board from sixth grade. My buddy like snapped it in half. I was like, I'm gonna repair it. It's like uh, a hang, sell it. hang on the wall kind of thing, you know, just like the nostalgia. Yeah, it's just I've I've used it once for wake surfing, but that's about okay. it. And other mm-hmm. than that, it's just been sitting there. Do you just use a normal surfboard for wake surf? You can. Uh, you can, but for usually they're smaller, smaller fins. Okay. And then there's some other stuff that goes into it that I have no idea. Yeah, I was looking at mine today. I worked out in my garage. I think I have six. Yeah. Including a, I got a sup, mm-hmm. two short boards, a high performance longboard, just a regular nine six longboard, mm-hmm. Travis's board, <laughs> and now I got this. I just realized I have this thing hanging up, yeah. six or seven. But what I really want is a massive like the sup. You can't really tandem on. It's mm-hmm. not like a pure longboard. I want like a. 11 footer just log the and daddy can, daughter board <laughs> exactly the tandem <laughs> tandem board would be sick but it's, that's a little, do you a little any, tough to store that thing. do you have any in still in hawaii or did you bring all those out um i think i trashed my high school board last time i was there but my brother-in-law has a whole garage full so okay i'm all set out there and boards are not cheap these things that can run up a pretty steep bill. No, oh, yeah. I've been I've done a pretty good job. I used to uh, slang boards in college. Like okay. I'd, I'd peruse Craigslist Flip and I, yeah, and I'd <laughs> lowball everybody. Yeah, and like I'd go through after practice and be hanging out in the locker room and just send like fifty messages. And a lot of times I got like you know like the middle finger and like, <laughs> like <laughs> they didn't like it, but you never like you know you shotgun approach. And I think I. I think my sophomore year I bought and sold like 20 or 30 boards. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. That's a legit side hustle. Yeah. <laughs> did you fix them up? You just did some... Uh, I, I tried to get, I tr- to the best of my ability, ones yeah. that were my size so I could justify it if it didn't sell. Right, right. Uh, that worked like 10% of the time mm-hmm. because, you know, like I just, I shot everything and whatever stuck, stuck. Perfect. And yeah, it... it I still have a couple of those boards, though. That's the thing. Okay. So it worked, <laughs> and then there are some hanger-ons. But I think in like the scope of things, I'm 
positive in my surfboard. Uh, okay, well, that's pretty good then. That's right. Yeah, yeah it's like that's the way I look at beach volleyball. As long as I'm not too deep in the river. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. It, it's when you go to the person's house who, and they're not a professional and they have all just perfectly white boards yeah. that mm-hmm. are just clean. You're like, you've been spending some money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's definitely ways to get around spending the 800 yeah. on a brand new shortboard or 1200 on a longboard or they can get higher than that there's so many people that don't know like like that want to get into surfing and then they they just go to the surf shop and they they buy the boards and then they're done after like a month and then they're just trying to get rid of the board and they don't want it exactly that's where I come in (laughs) (laughs) it's a problem getting like the board for my size because like I need it uh, you know higher leaders than it is um, like Length, length, and width. Yeah, so that's right. that's where it gets a little t- mm, difficult. Yeah. That's why you're eyeing this thing. Yeah, the the fishes are, you know, right. They're right there exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you weighing in at these days? Uh, from my before Miami, I was like two hundred five. After Miami, one ninety five, and right now I'm like anywhere from one ninety five to two hundred. Okay. So your weight fluctuates a lot too. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. The, Mine go, goes insane. So mm-hmm. I started, me and Wyatt played a little CBV at Will Rogers the other day. Mm-hmm. Started the day at 205, weighed in the following Sunday night at 193. And are you eating the same or is Dur- that? So I don't eat a ton during tournament days, especially CBVAs because. Mm-hmm. There's no time. You, there's no time. There's no time. <laughs> you just play the whole day. Mm-hmm. And then the next like three or four days, I'll just eat everything in yeah. sight. And so I put it back on. But it took me a long time after we played in Norseca in Cuba. Mm-hmm. You were there, mm-hmm. and Cuba, you, we were all just melting. Yeah, at least I was. I was, it was hot. I came back at one eighty-five, and I had to take like a month and a half off because I was. That's too low. Like, like the biggest battle for us is, and you can attest to it. I think it's like staying. How healthy can you be? as consistently and as long as possible through like this, this right. long season, and, yeah. and the same thing goes with like. If you're not getting that fuel consistently and enough, that's when you, that's another, uh, you know, indicator of getting hurt. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have the Apple watch, I did the whoop and everything like it's close enough, but I think I average like right around 5,000 calories burned a day. Hmm. And it's just how, how are you, how are you going to eat that much? Just crushing peanut even, butter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm trying to like, you know, eat as healthy as possible, the right. protein and, and sticking carbs. Eating like, healthy and a lot of calories. It's, it's, <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> right. It's, you're just eating all day. Yeah. And so now I've, you know, I did the whoop. I've done all that to try to like be entirely on top of everything. But then as soon as you dip down a little bit, uh, it's like, well, dang it. Why am I like now I need to get back to the green level, the homeostasis, mm. the good. But then you realize with what we're doing, there's just going to be times that you're yeah. not going to be yeah. good. Oh, and yeah. you don't necessarily, you don't want that extra thing telling you, Hey, you didn't recover super well. Hey, you didn't eat yeah. enough. Yeah. So for me, it's just like finding the, like a good level whatever that is even if it's not perfect to what right. everything mm-hmm. says yeah and that's still tough what were the recovery things that you found worked for you with the whoop and whatever other devices kind of um, track that sleep is so important i'm still not very good at that 
And uh, I saw when it did work, and that's another thing when I saw like it didn't work. Like, hey man, this is probably a, a rest day, but you know, you're is training sleep all the time. tough on a regular basis or like when you travel kind of thing? Like, I'm not great traveling. I do, I think I do better traveling than I do here. Interesting. Yeah, um, just because the brain's gone. Brain's gone. Excited. Like you know, we we I try to leave, I leave a lot of my work towards the night, and I've consistently mm. been more like. Like for studying in college and high school, I've been a, a night owl, so that doesn't help. Right. <laughs> and then I like getting up early. And Tough that's combo. Just, that's just, <laughs> it's, it's, it sucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but oddly enough, one of the biggest things that I saw was when I went surfing or when I did an activity that was, uh, you know, more for my pleasure. That had a a big correlation on like my HRV and just yeah. the, the recovery for the next or how I went into feeling the next day, huh. which is really cool. Interesting. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Um, it's less my, my guess. I don't know the science behind it, right. but just it's still being active, but it's not as, but like the stress level right. and the intensity isn't such a big draw on you know, like your, right. your, your mental, the nervous system, the nervous mental, system, everything. Yeah. So that was Plus, really cool. Like surfing. I mean, when you do something like that, you just, not only are you not stressed during it, mm-hmm. but you just like cleared out the next four hours after that, you know, exactly. Like, you're like, I went surfing today. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm chilling. <laughs> yeah. Whatever happens, I got in the water. I'm good. Yeah. I think as you both know, I'm not a good surfer. But <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> You're out there. You try to learn in shore break, which I never recommend. Not the easiest (laughs) learning wave, but the days that I went surfing, because I read Blue Mind. Have you Mm -hmm. guys read that? I have not yet. No. You'd you'd both enjoy it. I think you'd really love it because it's about really the science of surfing Mm -hmm. and how it's so good for you. That's right. And because your brain, when you're in nature, you're doing something relatively risky or dangerous and every, it's complex Mm because it's, it's a new wave every time so you mm-hmm. have to do something new and you're in cold water and you're not you're it's just like pure natural stimulation instead of just like the dopamine yeah casinos that we have on our phones yeah and it's just like the perfect thing for your brain yeah and so now i just look at them like all right i'm gonna go get some create creative time they say the that ways. i don't know if it's a myth or like people just make it up but they say that like the white water is like releasing the freshest oxygen as well <laughs> like when a wave breaks it's churning up all like this that. oxygen yeah. straight from the water. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's that true. Sense. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I've heard that. Like in, I, I think I've heard, and I know this is BS, but they're like, in the barrel is the freshest <laughs> oxygen <laughs> that you can possibly get. <laughs> oh, I'll buy it. Yeah, like time slows down in there. I'm like, it's probably because there's a freaking tornado of water going around you and you're somehow standing. You get into an intense flow state. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe. But more oxygen. Better oxygen. I like that. Who knows? Yeah. That's a cool thing, though, about the recovery, that that was something that worked for you. Yeah. But I, I found it, it makes sense just off of what you're saying, right? Yeah. And those things that that I would do is either surfing, hiking, or just, you know hanging out yes yeah just nature in general (laughs) just nature just just grounding right Mm -hmm. yeah brings the stress down it's like the perfect medicine Mm -hmm. it's the best how tall are you again six one six one Mm -hmm. it's crazy my weight like i don't fluctuate 
I go 203 to 198. That's it. Like, I don't get outside of that for the last, like, three years. I've, I've, I can put it's it on pretty cool. easily. Yeah. Oh, I can see that. Thicker than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, I think, like, the, there was one time where I went, I, I got sick a lot. I think I, in my sophomore year, I got sick. I was 190. I went down to 168 in, like, three weeks. I had a gnarly virus. And then in a two-month period, I went from 168 to 210, 215. Damn. I put it on. (laughs) 12 eggs, uh, full thing of bacon, (laughs) uh, full hash browns, avocado, onion, tomato. I had that every day. And then on top of eating everything in sight. But that was like the big thing. Every morning, just put it in. Damn. And, uh, and you, but you, you're just you're just dense with muscle, right? Like you don't really have like much I could, fat I, on. I can look way. at weight. If I look at weights too long, it'll just like <laughs> you walk out. Just yeah. gets me. That's been one of the bigger things. I'm lucky things. in that way that I just don't fluctuate. <laughs> you can look at weight and bulk up. For me, the <laughs> Damn. one of the bigger things I've changed recently is not lifting as much in general and not lifting as much like bodybuilding stuff. Yeah. That being said, I did an arm day today. But <laughs> It was a quick thirty minutes. Just I mean, but I, I, I used to important. do I used to do six days a week. I do my normal volleyball lift, and then on top of that, I do you know chest and back, bind, try, uh, shoulder, ab, and then I do that. I'd repeat it, and uh, so twice a week. It was it was a lot. You get it? No kidding. Mm-hmm. Plus four to five volleyball practices. Yeah, a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, no wonder you hurt a lot. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> a little bit. It was last Feels year, good, the first year you were healthy like, for the whole year in a while? So 2021 with Rob, that was the first year post-surgery. And that was kind of the, the big thing for me and the main reason why. So I, I had groin surgery and I always had groin okay. uh, problems starting my freshman year. Of so, uh, UCLA? Yeah. So gotcha. adductor and lower abs. Huh. And I just would tear and, and oh. it would heal and re-tear. And so I went in, they did adductor release, which is, you know, they just go on the like the the connection at the lower abs. And they just basically took a scalpel and released all the tension and all the scar tissue that was there. Huh. And then they put um, what they do for hernia surgery. They just put a, a mesh layer over kind of like a just as reinforcement and uh whoa kind of let your body just grab onto that mesh layer mm-hmm. like with the fascia mm-hmm. just exactly weaves in yeah whoa and uh the biggest thing for me was relearning the motor patterns because i'm i'm still and i was super quad dominant and super um not super but pigeon toed yeah. and just everything was uh the front side of the leg or the front side of the body and so that year with Rob was learning how to use, how to activate like the posterior chain first hmm. and better. So technically healthy, but technically still learning everything. And then it all was clicking better with Jake last year. Huh. That's a wild ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what was so. your, like, obviously you had a lot of setbacks, but what was your ideal situation coming out of college like did you want to go play overseas or because obviously you had a really successful indoor career so i was looking overseas and i you know 
did you did you go through that as well? Yeah, I played a year That's and right. a half, two years. Um, and you know, I like from what I remember, there was Estonia, Germany, Cyprus, mm-hmm. um, Greece. Yeah, and uh, I was close to signing with I think the Cyprus team, and I was working on a project back here with a buddy and. It was before TikTok. And it was very similar to TikTok, <laughs> but could have been you, <laughs> exactly. Um, and we were, you know, we started at least the initial process, and we actually had someone we could help fund. Mm. And I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm either gonna go or I'm gonna stay. What are we gonna do?" Because I always knew I'd come back and play beach in the summer, right? And. Like, like, hey, yeah, let's do it. And then, like a week later, week two or two weeks later, he's like, ah, "I'm actually out of here. I'm gonna go get a job somewhere mm. else." And oh, uh, you know, if I was smarter, I could I could have tried to hop on a team yeah. late and figure it out. But yeah. Um, yeah, I just stayed and went right to the beach. Okay. What, what was graduated. the timeline on that? That have been you graduated like 2017. 20, yeah. Okay. So like that summer, we had started it in like August, September. Like right as most of the seasons were starting, at least the the teams I was talking to. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah. And you never tried to revisit that the following year or anything. I've thought about it, but you know, it's 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 a big commitment. I mean, you see these guys going over there, and they're they're they can love it or they can hate it. And yeah, I, there's. There's not much in between, I feel like. Mm-hmm. You, you got the guys who just are lifers. You were going to yeah. like a Micah Ma. He might just be out there in Poland or Turkey you or wherever. Think so? for, he loves Turkey. Mm-hmm. I think he, he really enjoyed it. And he also kicked ass out there. His, yes, he did. My car was good. awesome. Mm-hmm. But he, he really enjoys it. I can see him it. going either way. I yeah. can see him cutting it yeah, tomorrow. Exactly. Really. I could see him yeah. cutting it tomorrow, but I could all, I guess I could see him going a while too. But the fact that he already stepped away from the national team is like, he's going to do whatever he feels like that's doing Micah. at the time. Yeah. yeah that's exactly. 100% Micah. He's going back to it this year though. That guy's going to be amazing on the beach. Mm-hmm. Here yeah. he is. I practiced with him once last year. I was like, if you want to stay. I'd really love that. Mm-hmm. I'd love that. <laughs> a lot of people would love that. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I'm good with him waiting two years now. You can, you can wait, Micah. <laughs> yeah. Now that I've got my partner set up, <laughs> just cruise, bro. You're doing great. That'd be fun. Another outrigger team. Both Micahs. Uh, Christensen's legit on the beach too. I bet he has not put in much reps. Obviously, recently he's just playing indoors at all times. But I remember playing an outrigger tournament with him. I think maybe he's like senior or like freshman at SC and it's just, he's got it. He could come out and do it, do it if he sense. wanted. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you guys like the Christiansons who love it and are going to do it for as long as their body can handle it. And then mm-hmm. you got guys who just like, they bail mid season. Well, they're not getting Micah's. Uh, no, they're paycheck. not getting the deals <laughs> and they're not, they're not getting, you know, the, the good spots. Yeah. Um, but even then, you know, like, uh, like, like Robbie Page, you know, he was out there. He, had, he was on a pretty good team, but it's just like, you know, there's some things that are you you miss. I'm not saying this was Robbie's thing, but you miss home, and yeah. maybe you don't have good teammates, or your agent isn't helping out. And mm. There's, you know, there's a lot of things that need to go right for, yeah. for it to be the yeah. right situation. You can you can go to some bad situations. <laughs> yeah. Like I was in a spot in Turkey, which I loved, like the people and the food, um, but it was. 
I couldn't have lasted more than three months. It was yeah. like, I did Puerto Rico and then the second half was Turkey. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, this is, it's not going to work for more than three months. And I'm, you know, I could pretty much live anywhere at that point in my life. Mm-hmm. But I know people who went over like Tony Trelli, who's NCAA player of the year, goes overseas and he's a weekend. No, yeah. not for me. Boom, yeah. retired, done, <laughs> never played again. <laughs> Just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we were all on the beach now. I couldn't tell whether you really wanted to go for it or not, mm-hmm. and I, I think that was just weird timing with you getting hurt and then COVID and then twenty twenty one was three events. Mm-hmm. But now you seem like pretty dang into it. Yeah, grinding, pushing. Had you always wanted to, or, or was this year kind of a year where you could finally actually fully commit to it? Always wanted to, and yeah. it's just like. You know, being healthy is definitely a, a big part of it, and you know the the time and the the financial draw. It's like is it, if you're not going to be 100 percent or close, or there's always that risk. Right. What's going to happen? <laughs> right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. How is it with Slick Willie? You know, I like I've started these the two the last two years. You know, I didn't think I'd be starting this year with Bill. I didn't think I'd start last year with Jake. Mm. And, uh, you know, we're, we're coming in open mind and working within the system that I like the system that Bill and, uh, Evie have brought in. It's been pretty solid so far. And, you know, we've, we've had, I guess, three events in those 10 days in March and (laughs) that's that's true. Wow. We're, we, you know, it's, it feels it's still very early on. You know, yeah. There's just so, so much that's already happened, but we've, we've executed on a lot of things that we really liked. We improved within those 10 days from where we're lacking in the, in King of the court and then brought that much better into, um, AVP Miami. And it's cool to see that. And it's bill picks up a lot of the things that I want to implement pretty fast yeah. and has an opinion on it and you know we're bouncing a lot of it back and forth and it's been really great so far yeah mm-hmm. his volleyball iq is pretty high because mm-hmm. he doesn't jump like you so he, <laughs> he atones for that with the mental aspect mm-hmm. of it he's you know he's 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 got it so i'm really excited to see yeah. where that goes so are you you trying to do the international navp just mm-hmm. international where you can Got it's whatever we can get whatever into. We get into. Yeah. yeah. We're signed up for a lot. Yeah. It's just, uh, <laughs> depends on who's in and who's yeah. out. We're going to take a quick break from the show, not just any break. This is the Waiakea water break. Now, Waiakea has been keeping us hydrated all year long, not just with any ordinary water. This is Hawaiian volcanic water. In all those bottles you saw, what's really cool is that they're made up of 100% post-consumer recycled ocean-bound plastic. So what that means is that each bottle helps remove the equivalent of five bottles from ocean-bound beaches, waterways, and cities. So they're not just keeping us hydrated. They're helping out the environment, too. And try. that's not the only cool thing they're doing. That's right. They're giving back to those in Hawaii through the Kokua Initiative, which supports the local food banks and the nonprofits out there. Another really cool thing is that they make coffee. I'm a big coffee fan, so I'm excited to drink this product. And for every pound of coffee purchased, Waikia donates a book to a child through its literacy program. So use promo code SANCAST online at waikia.com to receive 20% off your order you can also pick some up at 7-Eleven. Live healthy, live sustainably, live ethically. 
livealoha at waiakea.com. Thank you guys, the listeners, for giving support to the sponsors, which then allows us to continue supporting us. It's a virtuous cycle. We love it. We love that you're listening. We love that the sponsors are on board, and we love that Wilson Volleyball has been with us since day one. Almost five years now, Wilson has been working with the boys, and we love those guys. We love the volleyballs they make, the ball carts they make. We love the apparel that they make. I saw Troy Field playing golf with the golf clubs that they make. We love Wilson. Love everything they got, love everything they put out there, and as do you. And to get a 20% discount of all Wilson materials, just the volleyball stuff, get use the discount code SANDCAST-20. All right, that's SANDCAST-20 to get 20% off all Wilson materials. I mean, I'd say that off-season's coming up, but there's really no off-season. But at this point in the year, you probably need to restock up on volleyballs. I know I have. I just put in an order for 15 more. It's about time for you to do the same. So use the discount code SANDCAST-20 to restock on all Wilson volleyballs, the best beach volleyball in the game. This podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Greens. And guess what? Try and I just signed on another year-long contract with Athletic Greens, keeping the partnership going because it is one of the best partnerships we could have for this podcast. If you guys aren't on Athletic Greens yet, if you're not taking those scoops of those green veggies, I cannot recommend it enough. I haven't been sick in two years because of Athletic Greens, and we bring it on the road. They have these awesome little travel packs that they bring. you can bring on the road with you. I bring them everywhere. I haven't missed a day in the last year and a half or so pretty much ever since me and try started working with them it's basically a multivitamin the best multivitamin on the block it's cheap it's less than three dollars a day which it might sound expensive but if you're investing in your health it's cheaper than your cold brew coffee habit it's cheaper than the lattes and it's way better for you all right, it's it's the the best all-in-one nutritional insurance you can get. I mean, Joe Rogan, he has it. Tim Ferriss is promoting it. Michael Gervais promoting it. Andrew Huberman's promoting it. All the big dogs are. We're just the little dogs here at Sandcast, and we're promoting it, and we stand by it. Me and Try, we've been healthy all season long despite playing two huge schedules this year, and Try's got another couple big ones coming up with Olympic qualifying. And the best way we're fueling ourselves, athletic green. And you can fuel yourself the same way by using our code athleticgreens.com slash sandcast. All right, that's where you get our partner deal. You will get five free packs and a year's supply of their vitamin D. That is a year's supply of vitamin D. Now we're on the beach. We get a lot of it anyway, but you can always use more. It's so good for your immune system. It's so good for your overall health. So that is athleticgreens.com slash sandcast. That's where you will find our partner deal. So I cannot encourage you enough to pick up some athletic greens today. If you love the podcast and want to show how much you love the podcast, then get some Sandcast merchandise. We've got t-shirts, we've got tank tops, we've got coffee mugs, hats, long sleeves, sweatshirts, backpacks, you name it. If you go to sandcastmerch.com, you can find virtually anything you want. And if there's nothing in our store that you don't that you want, you can just send us an email and we'll make it for you. That's how easy it is. So if you want to rock your the merch of your favorite podcast today, tomorrow, whenever you want to get it, go to sandcastmerch.com and start rocking some Sandcast apparel. Looking for a book to read? Well, I know the absolute 
perfect one. If you're listening to this podcast, that means you are obviously a volleyball fan of some sort, be it indoors or beach volleyball. And that means that you have probably heard of a guy named Ken Steffes. And if you haven't, well, you can flip open our book, Kings of Summer. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere books are sold. You can find our book, Kings of Summer, The Rise of Beach Volleyball. Now, Ken, he didn't do interviews for like 20 years after his retirement when he was 30. He's the most dominant beach volleyball player of all time. He won more than half the tournaments he played. He won the 1996 Olympic gold medal with Karch Karai, and we wrote all about it. We had the first inside look of the rise of beach volleyball from the first professional tournament in 1976 up until those 1996 Atlanta games, the first that beach volleyball was in the Olympics. I had an absolute blast working on this book with Kent and Kent had a blast writing on it. He's been writing a ton on Facebook. He is back in the beach volleyball game and the best, I mean, it's honestly... You know, it's the work that I'm probably more proud of than anything that I've done because it, it had interviews from all the greats. It had Sinjin Smith, it had Karch Karai, it's got Randy, Dodd, Hovland, and then Kent's there the whole time, his voice going in and out and writing it with me. And if you're a fan of old school beach volleyball, if you're a fan of beach volleyball at all, if you're a fan of volleyball or the Olympics or just stories of greatness, that is the one for you. So go ahead, go to Amazon and pick up a copy of Kings of Summer today. The Sakurima list, it's its like 920 points you need just to get in, like bottom seat of the qualifier. Yeah. Is that harder than the Itapema? I think it's about the same. So I think the top of the main draw is easier because George and Andre aren't there. So I think the number one's Estonia, and then Pedro and Guto are number two. Whoa. Yeah. So when you take George and Andre out, it's a pretty significant level drop off. Right. Um, but the qualifier is about the same. Hmm. Yeah, except I think Evandro might be in the qualifier because they're not wild carded in the main draw. You need a wild card to get in the main draw. It's ridiculous. Oh, really? <laughs> it's like a testament to all the great players. And then you just show up and you're like, I'm sick. I have one of the best servers <laughs> yeah. to, to, to deal with in the qualifier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, and then there's elite, there's elite qualifiers. I mean, we chatted about it when you and Kane were here. But you guys probably left Tepic, like thinking it was kind of a bad showing. But after you qualified in Elite 16, that's a big freaking well, accomplishment. It's funny. I heard someone like <laughs> low-key, without meaning to, they were kind of like celebrating their 13th they got because last place is 13th, right? Yeah. Like, that's dead last. And like that's how I was picturing it in my mind. But <laughs> mm-hmm. they were looking at it at the points and like, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, yeah, I guess you can kind of like be a little bit proud of getting dead last in elite 16 yeah i mean obviously it depends who you are just qualifying is huge for some but like yeah mm -hmm. yeah those those points and the qualifiers like just it's it's the main it's just an extended main draw yeah basically and then you just don't get paid Mm -mm. anymore yeah it's basically what it is (laughs) i mean the team that just won into pema didn't lose a match the whole time and only dropped two sets yeah they didn't qualify, didn't qualify. <laughs> right exactly <laughs> it's, just, it's a crapshoot it's it's you never know what these things the qualifier just brings us it it brings such a different energy yeah and then you know i like you put if we're just talking avp you put a bunch of the main draw teams in there in a qualifier there's no guarantee that that all of them will get out oh no mm-hmm. i'd put it maybe 50 no. percent yeah because yeah. I mean, you look just at a different beast. Remember, I mean, Austin of twenty nineteen, maybe 
Taylor and Jake lost first round to Gabe Ospina and Lotman, mm-hmm. 16 seed. Mm-hmm. You put Taylor and Jake in the qualifier, they might not make it. They lost to a qualifying team. And then Taylor and Jake came back and won the whole tournament. Yeah. <laughs> and and now, I mean, the tour, without like Phil and Jake, it's not as top-heavy. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see, and especially what we saw last year with the tour series, is that the qualifier teams are coming in fully rested. Mm-hmm. We saw a lot of kind of qualifier teams do pretty well in the kind of the real the pro series events because you came in with fresh legs and yeah hermosa had fresh legs are nice <laughs> yeah you guys, were, you guys were feeling that. it that was a fun battle that was a good battle it was mm-hmm. a good match we almost had a little comeback at the end i think you guys did something impressive and that was have a what a 14 10 lead gone to 14s was it 14 and then did we 14 10? 10s and then uh, it was fourteen all. We got it back. And then to? two. It was. I know for a fact there were two rallies. There, it may have been a third too. That just you guys were just laying out. I remember Trevor yeah. was running to either cover line or angle, and Jake has a swing. It goes either through or right to the left of your block, and he mm-hmm. just stabs. It's like yeah, there's some crazy one ones. I went over on one, and you laid out. And I remember Jake cheering twice in that play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yeah, then you had the cutty that hit the net, and I was crawling, and I couldn't get it. Yeah. It's so <sighs> good. It's like it's funny, like, the the different perspectives of that, like the the one seed playing and the, and the mm-hmm. 16 seed. If you could get in the minds of both of them. Yeah. Just, like, fighting the battles of, like, we got to take them out. Don't blow the lead kind of at the end. Of, and then, like we're going to blow this, we're losing to the, like, it's going to look terrible, whatever, you know, the, the mind games of it all. Yeah. But then just coming down to just scrappy volleyball at the yeah. end. It was, that was fun. I, I mean, mean, like, you, me, you made, you, not, <laughs> yeah, fun for us. Dude, when you freak, I had one serve down the line or something, and you just, one arm dove, stabbing, and then they come over, was that the one that came back over? That got and you, scored on it us? was a great serve. I was and like, then, ace, and then, and then drop. <laughs> oh my God. This is not working out. <laughs> You freaking direct deposited it. Direct deposited my ace. Oh, so good. <laughs> it was good. It was so funny, though, because I just had Jake in. It was just me and Jake, and he was talking about that, and he said, thank God Hagen got that ace, because if he didn't, I was not siding out anymore. <laughs> I, I, he, I don't know what was He's going like on in his head, but he was not giving easy balls to you guys. You were just executing from that 1410 right. spot. He, yeah. You guys were just executing. Mm. Um, and you know, we, it was 14 all and we, I told him, Hey, you got to mix it up. Cause he had just been coming in. And so we went back and he felt, he saw that line yeah. tap and throwing a little variety in it helped. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that, that fifth probably changed oh, then you the aced whole, that, didn't you ace? Yeah. The last two, was, you just yeah, went for it. Eyes closed. Face her out. Says a lot, though. <laughs> Some people are like, I gotta keep this in. <laughs> I mean, uh, you've oh. been in big situations. I, you know, it's, it's, it's important to keep it in, but I, when I played with Yoder, um, he would say that a lot. It's like, is this an ace or out? And I think he had like a 70% success rate. <laughs> Which is pretty good. That's Which pretty Yoder? Good. Lucas. Lucas, okay. Lucas. Um, <laughs> and, uh, at first, I was like, no, 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 like, don't do this. And then you just, <laughs> he's his own guy. You just got to, like, hop on the train and let him do his thing. Yeah. Right. So that was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I feel like it's taken me, like, 15 years to, like, get to the point where I can really go for it. Mm-hmm. 
and not be just just acer out. Like mm-hmm. I'm still hitting a good serve. Mm-hmm. I'm not just like screw it. Ah. <laughs> like that nah, I'm not cool. But I I started like years ago. It was always like like I'd just baby it in and be like the worst serve. Mm-hmm. So I was like every year I've been able to like gain more confidence in that. Just get a little bit more risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but that uh that probably changed the whole narrative of the season for us 100 percent. yeah and then uh, another right out the bat another big one was seaside because i think we got fifth or seventh and we were one out and uh i think the partains went far enough or cody and ed went far enough but they weren't playing together in the events okay so that got us qualified for the next thing and then from there we were good okay but because seaside was for chicago yes and then you got third yeah <laughs> And, and, and I think that speaks to the level of the play here, just the depth where mm-hmm. you can get a seventh in Seaside and then go take a third in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> you, just, know? you never know, man, with, with, with traveling know. and just there's so many different you know, elements that are involved with this that uh, there, there's no there's there's no one event or one thing that is going to go right for you or perfect every time. Yeah. Which is great. It's managing chaos. That's it. Mm-hmm. Totally. That's beach volleyball. Mm-hmm. Was uh, was La Paz your first international? Uh, no, you did the Hague with Wu, right? Yeah, we did the Hague, and uh, that I mean, I think we only won, we won one in the Hague and we lost in the second one in the qualifier, but felt better in La Paz for sure. Okay. Yeah. What felt different? Um, I think Bill and I matched a little bit better than yeah. Ian and I. And then uh playing indoors is a little funky. And I didn't feel or recognize that until after when I talked to a lot of people I'm like, oh yeah, like the ball floats different. I talked to um Borman's. Okay. It's like, yeah, the ball floats differently in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's probably not right. And then I thought about it more and I like I talked to a couple few other more people and they all had the same thing to say. And so I wish I had known that going into it and better um you know plan for it because passing was was difficult for both of us yeah how do, how do you it plan for that pa- well we were also at altitude yeah tepic was at three thousand feet i think typically like that's not that high but it's, it's like enough enough to these do balls something too yeah and then you're indoors your vision's a little different yeah like, and it definitely felt like something and my first match i was gassed mm-hmm. We were winning, so I just kept going, kept mm-hmm. jump serving and sprinting up. But I was like, Wait till <sighs> World Champs. And then I was playing, yeah, I know. Twice as high. I was playing against, oh, what's his name? Um, Your Waller first one was Waller and Ermacora. Ermacora. I was playing against Ermacora. I was like, however tired I am, he's more tired. <laughs> <laughs> but I was gas. I, I, I really had to change my strategy mm-hmm. going after that match because like, there's no way I'll last. Yeah. And that was a quick, pretty quick match. Yeah, you guys handled them. No one jump served well in Tepic. It's indoors. I did the first uh, indoor and altitude. First set. <laughs> That's a tough combo. Yeah. I, like in The Hague, I was going for my jump serve and with the old ball and just indoors. It just wasn't feeling right. And I felt like I was striking it good enough. Yeah. And it made sense after nobody else was really jump serving. Everybody mm-hmm. was floating. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, now I know. Going into indoors stuff. Yeah. Maybe Pop that explains sucker. why these Dutch guys have such nasty floats. They all train did, indoors. Did you see uh, Steven Vandeveld play at all in, in Tepema? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. This thing 
he hit some of the nastiest floats I've ever seen against the Taylors. Really? They were up uh, 14-11, the Taylors were, in mm-hmm. the third. And Vanderbilt hit this float surf that was like on Sanders' left leg and then just dove straight right. I guess for Sander, it would have been left and, and hit like the outside of the line oh. and got a trickle ace. <laughs> Side out ace ace for 14s. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Ridiculous. Funky. Trying to find us an indoor facility somewhere. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, really. So we can just expand, add it, put a, an addition onto our the USA's tour in sight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, had breakfast with your dad the other day. Yeah. Was he out there on tour working when in La Who was he out there with in La Paz? So we have Tepe? family down in Cabo. So they made it. My mom and my dad showed up, and they made a trip out of it. Okay, but, but he wasn't working because he no. He was his position with the FIB. Um, he has a good question. I should know that. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he's founder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's one. Not, I forget if he consults. I think he's directing the Brazilian ones. Okay, or if not, he looked like he was like yeah. working out there. So. He's he's done a few events each year, and then uh, yeah, he was out there in La Paz. Hmm. And without him, we would not have made it to Miami because uh, our plan for La Paz, you know, we, if we didn't, we wanted to get the early morning match, but we, we got the like mid afternoon. Mm -hmm. So if we won that, we basically would have missed at least Friday, AVP Miami. If we lost, our flight was at six and it was like a two and a half hour drive. So we lose around, we, we end our match at around two 30. We hop in the car and just go, you know, like try to hop in the ocean, boom, out of there. And uh, your dad drove you? Dad and mom drove us, and mm-hmm. it was you know, a little hectic. He was, trying to, he was trying to use Waze and like, oh, this is better. And I'm like, you just get, just get on the main road and go. <laughs> yeah. um, we made it, yeah. You know, showed up, 9 a.m., oh, 9.30, 9.30 at the event site for ADP. Straight from the airport. Straight from the airport. Landed at 8 in Fort Lauderdale. Hour and a half drive. Oh, you flew into Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, because our so our flight initial flight got canceled, and that was into Miami at six a.m. And you're like, oh, we're good. This, that would give us plenty of time. Yeah, and of course something's going to happen, right? Of course that gets canceled, and that's before two, a, one person on each flight got kicked off, like right as doors were closing. So that was another headache. But we should into Fort Lauderdale at eight. <coughs> show up at nine thirty. Ready to go by ten, just you know, adrenaline and <laughs> your match was at and ten. You guys played well, right? 10, Holy yeah. hell. We did pretty well. Yeah. We did uh twenty one ten, twenty one fifteen the first one. <laughs> pretty well. Yeah. That's pretty well. <laughs> That's pretty good. Best yeah. you can ask for. That's incredible. Cause I am useless off a of flight. Mm-hmm. Totally worthless off a of plane. My first day of travel, like the practice day, I always tell whoever it is I'm playing with, I'm like, this is a wash for me. I'm just happy to be out here. Yeah. Worse, worse than our first practice with the McKibbins. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> you are almost dead. You had to get an IV. Yeah, that was pretty gnarly. We, I had come back from Ibiza. <laughs> I landed on Monday. I was... So you were having fun in Ibiza, I'm assuming. Allegedly. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the legend goes. It was, a, it was a fun trip. I feel like that's what people do. Yeah. <laughs> they have fun. <laughs> uh, for, for that, show up home Monday, get an IV Tuesday, practice with Travis on Wednesday. I I tried to hit the court. Like, I really tried. I don't think I got within, like, seven feet. I think Maddie and Riley did thought Riley that he get, was, like, fucking Riley with him. Did Riley say anything? 
I like I I I think I ended up shooting most of the practice because mm-hmm. I took like thirty swings to warm up and not a single shot went in the a single swing went in the court. <laughs> and kudos to you. And I, I I went to Travis and like hey I'm like I will be good by tomorrow. Right. I I told you I got an IV and I wasn't yeah. feeling great. Right. So he knew that, but I I went up to him like hey the jump is fine. The shoulder feels good. The body feel went from five percent to seventy percent in a day. I will be fine by Thursday. I will find the court, and then we qualified. And qualified, and then we beat the McKinnons. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "This will be easy." Yeah. Yeah. We know who to serve. <laughs> I always forget about that practice. That was, you know, that like what I that mentality then, and then the mentality with. The AVP Miami are kind of similar. It's like the the, you know, when things aren't supposed to work or they're just not working. There's no, and this does. I don't do this all the time. I do quite the opposite all the time. <laughs> you kind of just say screw it and not hold on to it and just right. compartmentalize and then mm-hmm. go. And it worked for Miami. It worked for yeah. Uh, what was that Hermosa? Yeah, you got to be able to do that. For, yeah, for beach volleyball. There's so many like things that. No, if Go you hold on to something, you're, you're done. Yeah. Especially internationally. The whistle is coming right away. You're like standing in a pouring rain and it's freezing. You can see your breath and you're wearing a tank top. You're like, why? <laughs> what, what, what is it? What, how is this fair? Yeah. <laughs> like, why are we playing ice? <laughs> or like, yeah, random stuff. I feel like you're... Your dad being who he is, that has to help because he's played in all every condition possible. Mm-hmm. And just I love talking to your dad and all those guys about their stories, just like flying to Italy and it's like a three hour drive and they got it's like your dad and Karch and Dodd and whoever all and piled Hop, in the van. Piled yeah. in the van and mm-hmm. like it was never perfect. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, your dad's like in a war between the AVP and FIVB, like getting fine, he's like, screw it, and I'll just win anyway. Do you yeah, feel like your dad being one of the mentally toughest dudes I've ever met has to had to have been passed down. I hope so, at least a little <laughs> bit. I mean, just from everything he's gone through, it's it's like, and I only, I still only know the the tip of the iceberg, but it's insane. One of my favorite stories with him, and he brings it all the time, is they were playing in Brazil on the court. It was like 140 degrees just ridiculous you know they drink he said you could drink water and just you feel it sweat out (laughs) and you're just sitting in the box and like you can't help yourself you if you're the water's going in you're either sweating it out or peeing it out it doesn't matter just it all looks the same right um and randy you know it was second game or third game and randy's like i can't go anymore and he's like just get on the court play the next point that's all you have to do they play the next point and randy's like i can't go anymore Get on the court, play the next point. They put it in. The I think it was a Brazilian team, but the the other team forfeits. They cramp and they're done. And uh, you know, it's like everyone's going through it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's that's what you have to understand is you're in the doghouse. They're in the doghouse. Yeah, mm-hmm. Randy told us that story yeah it's, it's funny it's cool. a little different no it's the exact same <laughs> hey there you go a yeah. lot of the times it's different though, right? a lot of times yeah. we see it's it different in your book. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of stories out there in the volleyball world that are different yeah yeah but that one is the exact same mm-hmm. i think that's how you know it's pretty valid mm-hmm. is when you get the same story from two people randy yeah. was like i had nothing left yeah. and sinjin said those guys are feeling worse right. than you are i can guarantee it actually mm-hmm. i feel like that subconsciously maybe but 
like stuck in my head when we were at world champs and Trevor got COVID and I was like, okay, hey, we're pulling out, but let me pull out. Not till the last second. Cause mm-hmm. it was like, everyone's fucking getting sick around here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went out and I fake warmed, warm up. Yeah. Cause I didn't want them to know yet. Mm-hmm. So I was just faking it. Like, yeah, let's go getting warm. Just like seeing if they were like <laughs> going to pull out. And then it didn't work, but (laughs) how cool would that have been if I ran back to Trevor? We won! (laughs) Fuck yeah! It was a a good idea. It was. I mean, because the Estonians, you know, they're always a little hurt. World Championships, too. That's some points. (laughs) Uh, And Loyola always used to say, bad for us, worse for them. I like that. That's a good one. Bad for us, worse for them. Mm -hmm. And I still use that. Like, I've already dropped it with Kim a few times. So Kame's yeah, a grinder this, too. He probably appreciates that. Kame's a grinder. Yeah, he'll he'll sit in there. I mean, our trainer kicks our ass yeah. pretty good. So we've learned that for sure. <laughs> Your uh, guy in the valley. Yeah, yeah in the valley. Oh my yeah. God, I went to him once. Oh, you did. I was I was done for a week, and so like that it's was actually a good perspective to hear someone who's only been there once. And it, we were for me, it was focusing on that posterior chain and like, I need to make sure my glutes activate and all this stuff. And that's what he just grinded me. It was for a week. I was done. It was <laughs> unbelievable. It was great. I love it. Yeah. Um, but it just highlights. Okay. Like, you know, I think I'm, you think you're here, but you really need to be here. And there's, there's always something that you can, well, he loves to like take, uh, like, Oh yeah, this guy's built. But I could kill him with yeah. the, this. You I know? love like, that. Well, let's see. He's I love got the hard a huge, like upper body. But then let's go hit his glutes. Or like mm-hmm. he's like looking for weaknesses to show that person, like mm-hmm. the imbalance or whatever, whatever it might be. Like when I first was there, first few months, I think he was like getting on me about everything. Like you're you're resting. Like I'd be like getting water and like touching the bike. Mm-hmm. Why are you resting? Mm-hmm. Why are you leaning on the bike? <laughs> like everything was just like, what? Yeah. Oh God. At, at the beginning of the workout, I was, you know, going to failure, but I was standing straight up and he's like, that's not failure. Right. You either hit the ground or you keep going. Right. And, uh, it's cool. I mean, I've, I've I love the guy I'm going with. I have that I have right now. Um, but I'm not in person with him a lot. Mm. And so I hadn't had a, I just having a taste of that is great. I, you know, I do yeah. like the hardo stuff. <laughs> that's, yeah, where right. I gotta, that's where I got to back off though. Cause I can just keep going and it's not necessarily the best. for <laughs> right. But like it, it does, uh, translate to the core in those situations 100%. where you're like, mm, I don't think that guy over there was going till failure till he fell to the ground. Like, yeah. or let's see at least, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I think your dad's generation, they just literally played like they're like, I've played 14 matches in a day drinking beers at the same time. Like <laughs> these other guys got nothing on me. I, I've been trying to explain the, he understands, but when he compares his, you know, they played all day and then he'd go run the Santa Monica stairs and right. do that like 10 times in a row and then be done. And we're out here doing two, three-hour practices <laughs> right. and then going to lift. He's like, hey, you need we're to play more. Day. Like, like what, what is the lifting about and all this stuff? And I'm like, you know, it's, it's important to fix the muscular imbalances and all that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he does have a point. Yeah, playing, he does have a point. I think about that a lot. Yeah. It doesn't work. Could you play? It doesn't work with what I, just how I've set up my whole mm-hmm. life and career. Yeah. And I'm not like, I'm not like a, 
like Taylor Crab could do that. Mm-hmm. That's almost what Taylor does. Like yeah. he goes on the week. He loves that. That's mm-hmm. his favorite part of it is just playing. Just mm-hmm. that's how he gets his reps. He'd rather do that than lift. Mm-hmm. He he'll lift too, but it's not because he wants to. Yeah. Um, whereas I'm like not gonna play on mm-hmm. the weekends, and mm-hmm. I'd rather go surf. Like if I have extra reps or something, I'm not unless it's like a specific reps. That I know I'm getting better at my job, I'm out kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like, not that I'm never going to play again after I retire, but I just don't have that same passion for it. Like, I enjoy figuring out how to get better and then leaving. So if I'm playing Joe Schmo, like, hey, you guys up next? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what they used to do. It was like, who's just next? Just cycle through people. Who's next? Who's mm-hmm. next? Just beating down these other guys. I'm like, no. I'm not. Like, how many of those reps weren't really making them better because they were playing lower competition I don't, I don't know you can argue you can be with your reps right that's and that, true and that's a, a testament to just the mental fortitude like and then probably for singe probably yeah right Randy I don't know right. um, <laughs> but I, I say that jokingly Randy yeah. Randy grinds like crazy I mean you, you he's he's an animal he is an animal <laughs> but you know they did have a good system of Back in the day, where it was like the the top court, and you had to work your way up to the top court. So, right, ideally, you get the good reps with the the better teams. Yeah, but I I I, I see your point. Like it's the mindfulness. It's how many jumps. You know, we we technically have a limited amount of jumps in our career, right? And swings and all that. Is it? Are you going to benefit from this X many more this day? Right. Or you know, less, but super mindful, super, uh, you know, to what you're trying to do. Yeah. That's why I've, um, I've gone through three different, very distinct phases with CBVAs. Mm-hmm. So when I first moved here, I loved them cause they're the best reps and I was terrible. So I'd just get my ass kicked and I was like, all right, well, I want to play like that guy. Mm-hmm. And then once I started to get decent, I was like, well, they make me sore like Monday and Tuesday. So it's kind of messing up my training. And now mm-hmm. I'm looking at it like, what better reps can you get than just competition? You're playing all day. Mm-hmm. And if you're super mindful about what you're doing, say in a pool play match mm-hmm. against the worst team, you're still improving. Mm-hmm. And so me and Wyatt, I told him, I was like, this one I think I'm just going to option every time you get served. And I'm just going to work on that. And we ended up winning pool, but we went like 22-20 with a team when we decided to get to playing volleyball again. We went 21-8. to But... I just like using them because you get so many passing reps. Yeah. And CBVAs get windy mm. and kind of shitty. You deal with everything. And you have to deal with it. Mm. And so I'm I'm back on the CBVA train. <laughs> You're back on <laughs> then I'll, My thought process would be, and I'm, I'm probably just being a contrarian, is like, okay, I'm going to hit it. I'm going to work on my high line right now. Okay, but you're not, you're not, that high line's not the same high line you have to hit against anyone on the world tour. But you can make it. I mean, you can imagine, like, sure. Have to hit it higher. Yeah. You have to hit it Where you can hit a high line that goes down, and you can still be aware enough to know that that's not a good enough high line. True. And that you, and that I'll hit the next one, no matter what they're doing. If it's a, they're running a big early two, and I'll still hit a high line. Yeah. Like, all right, that was a good enough high line to score if they were running a normal defense. Yeah, I think it's a good argument, and maybe it's just a personality thing I don't know the whole game as a whole like what your dad's alluding to like everyone's gone in that direction of more Mm. specific reps but I mean I always question whether or not yeah like getting two hours a day 
let's say 10 hours a week is like not that much compared to guys that used to get 10 hours in a day. Also for you, how often, how many weekends are you home where that's going to be the most beneficial thing that you can do? Right. If if you're, you know, you, you're gone for three weeks for tournaments Mm. and then you're home when there's a CVVA the next weekend, it, it, yeah, 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 yeah. It's probably not a bad idea to rest. Right. To 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 recenter and whatever, you know. Right. Yeah, we all have our yeah, own little buckets. He couldn't right? handle a CVV anyways. He, that's that's the main thing. <laughs> dude, I was thinking about it. I was like, dude, I don't think I've played like I, I know I did a little bit in the last few years, but like I never played more than two matches in a day like for years <laughs> back in the day I, like when we're coming up it's always like four or five like people play seven in a day some, oh some God, crazy it's, stuff it's, right me and i Marcus, haven't played more than two yeah. until like cancun i think we played three that yeah. like 11 p.m match yeah and i love it like i don't want to play more the, 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 the worst part of, <laughs> of of playing all day is the the warm-up cool down and yeah and like if exactly. you can just keep it going, because I, I played, you know, four mans on the weekend and with just buddies and we'll just go and it's mellow and you just keep the, you know, keep the energy all day and it's, it's fine. But the up, down, up, down, up, down mm-hmm. is, is the worst. Yeah. But uh, I played CVA with Marcus, Carver Highs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we go through pool and that was two matches and we won a ninth place round. So we're in the quarters and he's like, how many more matches till we win? I was like, well, three. That's a good mindset, by the way. <laughs> How many matches till I win? <laughs> yeah. And I could just, his heart just dropped out of his body. He's like, in Brazil, impossible. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up playing Evan and Logan in the finals. And Marcus was like full body cramping. And he was, I was like, can you jump? Like, do you need me to option? He goes, no, I have one more jump surf. It was kind of like, <laughs> he's got <laughs> he one more. more. And here, and you see Marcus jump surf. like, yeah, no arm, yeah. like Evan's getting knocked over. Yeah. We ended up winning. It was like 21, 19 in the third set of our sixth match that we won. Oh. <laughs> Marcus and what'd you just, win? Uh, we boogie split board? like 400 bucks in a sweatshirt. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. 400 bucks is big. Who got big the sweatshirt? For Delaney. <laughs> <laughs> fair <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i'm back on the cbva rep train that's fair it's my new phase it's also a new phase because i'm not playing international so I need something to fill the weekends <laughs> well i think too like up and coming like that's that's the best i agree i yeah. mean yeah if you you need to just get the competitive reps yeah if yeah if you're not getting the competitive reps what's your reason not to play yeah that's a good point mm-hmm. yeah and I mean, yeah, that's why they. That's why it worked super well when with my dad in his era because they were just competing all the time. Oh, 100 percent, all the time. And uh, yeah, testament kind of just to playing all day. Yeah, and I would say that it helped because your dad's era was making a lot of money, but not at the start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they were they were all bums. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's why I love what Kent. He calls me. He's like, it's a homeless person sport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. But the best kind of homeless. The mm-hmm. best Beach kind bum. of homeless, yeah. <laughs> That's why I always say, if I go homeless, I'm just going back to Hawaii. <laughs> Those guys have it good. Yeah. It's not too bad. You see, like, the soap bars at the showers, like, at all the beach showers and stuff. Like, they got their shampoos and everything set up. Yep. Good to go. It's a little community. <laughs> Just pitch your your sleeping bag by like the tiki torches in Waikiki, you know, and get a little yeah. warmth there. <laughs> You're good. 
<laughs> Good little community. <laughs> with, uh, with your dad obviously being Sinjin, one of the greatest of all time, did you ever want to re- rebel on, on the volleyball track and go somewhere else? I'm sure you get asked that a lot. Or did you feel, was there any pressure to play volleyball? No, he really wanted me to play tennis. Huh. And he, because I, like, growing up, you know, we did all the sports, and my, as I was getting older, and were, the ones I enjoyed were tennis, baseball, and volleyball. But he's, I would, like, the group I was with in tennis, they're, uh, like, top 10 in Southern California, just, you know, a lot of them, a lot of that same group went on to play in college and were good in college, and then one or two went and are doing professional right now. And so, you know, you look at this, just the world of tennis professionally, you see there's definitely more money and there's mm-hmm. just more opportunity. Yeah. And he's like, you need to keep playing tennis. This is good for you. And he burnt me out of that, unfortunately. Mm. <laughs> and I was just like, I just want to be, I want to play volleyball. I want to like, you know, I want to do what you did. Yeah. Um, How old were you when you got burned out of tennis then? like ninth or 10th grade. Okay. Yeah. And volleyball, baseball, and tennis in California are all the same season in high school. So you had to pick. So I picked volleyball. And so he had me going in like just training with a, a, like a private coach for tennis. I didn't really like it. And, uh, yeah, I look back, I love volleyball, but I look back and like, Oh, maybe, maybe I made uh, (laughs) uh, the wrong choice. (laughs) But yeah, I've, I've never felt pressure from him. I've only, and not from him or just, you know, him and proximity and all that. I've only seen it as a plus side, you know, cause I can, mm-hmm. I can tap into everything that he's done and, and has worked on. Do I listen? Sometimes, <laughs> a lot of times. And then, you know, I, I'm. I'm more analytical or maybe I can be a little bit more technical and like, you know, like if I'm sliding like this, but my body positions, you know, I'm not getting my shoulder around it and I'm, I'm trying to explain that. And he's just like, no, nah, just like move over there and just do it. Typical like greats, right? And he will get there. I just, because maybe I push a little too hard or, or get, try to get a little more too technical. And then, you know, there's the, the father son just relationship. Um, but yeah, I just, I tap in, I try to use him as much as possible. Yeah. So, so does he, is he basically just wait for you to ask questions? Yes. Cause when we were playing in Hermosa, I thought, I thought the dynamic was perfect between you guys where he just, he's a vault of information, mm-hmm. but he just waited till you asked mm-hmm. and then he answered. And then if he didn't ask, he didn't say anything else. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I, I definitely feel like I have to prod him for a lot of stuff. Is that the way you want it though? Because if he, if he just came out and said everything, you think you wouldn't like it? I don't know. It's a good question just because of, you know, if he did that a lot early on, would that have changed our relationship? Right. I think now, or I think even into like my teen years or like 16 and older, I think if he was throwing nuggets at me all the time, I think I'd respond well. Right. But, you know, but now it's like you want it. When yeah. you're a kid, it's like the balance between him wanting it versus you wanting yes. it. You're just trying to have fun. Exactly. But now it's like, no, no, I, I want all the <laughs> yeah, all just, of it just, now. just give me all the cheat codes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we, we trained with Robbie and I trained a lot with uh, Randy in 2021 as well to okay. kind of get his, you know, 
both sides. So that was really cool. We had we had Randy and we had uh, my dad coach <laughs> practices together, and then sometimes you know we did just Randy and then just my dad, and it was it was super fun to see both of them. I yeah. did a uh, Smith and Stoklos camp when I was a kid. Yeah, when they came to Honolulu, <laughs> it's <laughs> one awesome. of them wasn't there though. I think maybe your dad wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just assumed they would both be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's pretty crazy that those are your coaches. You know, I tried to, I bugged that same year. I bugged Kent and uh Hav about popping in and they were both receptive and I still got to, you know, cash that in. Yeah. I think that'd be fun to Kent just loves you. Yeah. Kent, if you need us to train against you that day, you know, <laughs> listen in a little, that's steal a little. Yeah. <laughs> That's some good content hey, right there. Ken thinks yeah. you're the most athletic person on tour. Well, he said, everyone, need, everyone thinks they can dig when they're moving, but the only person I've ever seen actually do that is Hagen. I need to be better at volleyball. I think I have the athleticism down. That's <laughs> that's what I feel I need to dig, but that's you know, kind words from Ken. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think he'd be willing. He came down, hung out the entire day at the CBVA at Will Rogers. There you go. Just and he also adores Delaney. Just want to check in on the baby. He's, he's <laughs> hanging out now. He yeah, he's got his time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's cruising. Mm-hmm. But you have a you have like this entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned you had that venture, the TikTok before TikTok. Mm-hmm. You've done the Coos Tees with Steve Irvin. I, I wasn't a part of the Coos Tees, but okay. I hopped in at least for a great photo shoot. I'll, okay, uh, some pictures. I, I'm sitting on some pictures that need to be okay. spread to the world. But then. Uh, and then, yeah, Steve and I, we, we developed a dating app and where Steve is, I, I kind of stepped away a little bit, but Steve is still pushing it out. What's it called again? Blinda. Blinda. So it's like a, it's a, like a blind dating aspect. Okay. So you, you know, you have the opportunity to look for yourself or you have the opportunity to, to, um, uh, set other people up. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So that like you're recommending, you, like, I think these two would be together. So you kind of like, so you can, set them you up can, on a blind. you do. Like you can't technically be on a dating. I hope you're not on a dating app right Me now no. because, <laughs> because wifey, but for this one, you know, we, we thought, okay, we can tap into that, this huge market of people that aren't supposed to be on dating apps, but they're, you know, trying to oh, set up their friend. Interesting. So, so I can be, finally get in the dating app game. Yeah. But <laughs> see that, that's where it gets a little tricky <laughs> with permission. With permi- well, yeah, you got to get permission. I can be a recommender. You got to get a permission from wifey right, and all this right. stuff. But <laughs> It that was a big draw for us trying to figure out okay, like interesting. You know, there is the niche, there is the the normal what about this, you know, demographic that is just sitting there and everyone loves to set people up huh. but you're limited to what, your friends. So in this aspect, you get for someone who has been on a dating app, like, oh, like maybe I I miss that aspect or yeah. they are just a matchmaker. You go in there and you can do it. That's, that was it was interesting building and understanding like that side of the world and then like raising money and all that. It's very uh, it was a cool experience. Definitely valuable mm-hmm. just to learn that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's stuff I'm always trying to learn. Just like what is business? Like yeah. what does it take? Even what if you business? fail at it, like how valuable is that experience? Yeah, I'll say yeah. The the biggest thing is that I've learned is you don't know people don't know anything. And they're just flying by this, you know, select people do. Yeah. What do you guys know about podcasting now versus when you first started? (laughs) Right. Yes, exactly. And how, how we know we still know nothing. Exactly. (laughs) As you said, (laughs) you know, uh, just, you just got to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's my dad built out 
a garage at his mom's house and the forever you know, it's a it's you know he put in bathroom he put in a little like kitchenette everything and i've always thought it was just perfect going in forever and then finally one day i went in with him he's like yeah like that corner's never been straight the the rafters were super difficult that's messed up that's messed up into the naked eye you just have no idea right and people just don't know they have mm-hmm. no idea you just you just got to do it yeah and so, so you're a you're a learn by doing trial and error type yes sometimes uh, sometimes sometimes <laughs> yeah. uh, i i try to be but then like it's like you know there's you just have to send it but for me it's like where do i send it so i um, yeah you know you can definitely be your own worst enemy in that i, I definitely am so with the um with the dating app there were so many different things we could try and then now right right now i, I run a boys volleyball club in the palisades and trying to figure out finding coaches, gym time, just jerseys and like how much team activities and all this stuff. Yeah. You just don't know. You just got to do it. You know, like <laughs> yeah, I can, totally. you can draw on other people or other, like other clubs that are established, but it's just, you know, sometimes you just got to send it and see if it sticks and if it's awful. Okay. Hopefully it doesn't sink the ship. Yeah. You got a lot going on. Yeah, we're trying to balance. <laughs> How's that going? It's, you know, we're 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 still floating for now. Yep. Yeah. What are the big like? What are the big priorities for you right now? Is volleyball the clear cut number one? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, um, and balancing as much as I can with the club, and that's I, I'm definitely starting to look for a little help there because I want to make sure I'm still giving the, the uh, you know best opportunity for them and being as present as I can, but it's been super hard this year. This is the first year that I haven't coached a team myself. And that's another thing that's put me back, like not sending it because I've always been in person coaching with this, at least for the last, you know, just before COVID, um, trying to do backend stuff, trying to still be, you know, as much shown as much FaceTime, but it's been super tough this year. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I feel like, Every year I, well, I have so many ideas too, you know, like stuff I want to learn, but it's like, I always come back to the LeBron thing. Like what he says, all you got to keep the main thing, the main thing. You can have all these other things going, but you got to pick the main thing, Yeah, you know? So like volleyball has got to be the main thing. And then all these things floating around kind of have to go behind it. And like, they, they can go as big as they can go, but yeah, like once volleyball falls off, then like that's when it all starts. The whole mm-hmm. structure starts to crumble depending on what your, your volleyball is, you know, mm-hmm. but you, you do a good job building teams. Yeah, you, no, that's, that's what I think. Well. My, yeah. That's what my skill. I know what I'm not good at. That's my best skill, <laughs> which is, <laughs> that a big is a, skill. that is an important skill that needs to be, you know, spread out through the volleyball. I like, world a little I bit. like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, on many levels. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. That's the same thing for me. Is trying to find, you know, there's a there's a plethora f- for for my club. There's a plethora of coaches down the South Bay because you know all these guys are playing volleyball and they need something else to do. But up in the Palisades, up in Santa Monica, it gets a little tougher to find people. Yeah. And so that's been, you know, a, a big hurdle for myself is finding, you know, people that I trust that. You know, I can 
let them do their thing and not like micromanage. Like, yeah. I'm really I'm I'm not micromanaging right now, but you know, the balance like what do I want like club to look like? What do I right. want the uh you know our mantra or our style of play right. versus letting coaches do their thing. Right. So yeah, it's, that's a good point. it's right now yeah. it's fun talking about it cause there's it, but in the moment trying to figure it out definitely gets a little stressful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The balance of delegating and, but not micromanaging. Yeah. It's hard. Yes, it's it all it, the hard. One. It seems like a lot of it would come down to that hiring process right yeah. like really picking and shoot rather yeah. than like i'm gonna mold this person into what i want like mm-hmm. no they have to like naturally want to be yeah the way that i need them to be maybe i don't know no there's balance really between people. It. it's it's and i've i've seen it through you know systems of volleyball teams i've been a part of it's you have to understand they're like same thing that you you have an idea of what you want for the team but then you have to understand who's coming in and not just the person in general, but also the, the, like the age group of person or the, the kid and all that stuff. Mm. And it's, it's like at least pushing them in the broad direction and not micromanaging once they like can find it. If that's as vague as I can say. No, yeah, that makes sense. No, I, I just I think about that stuff a lot, and I just think it would be very tricky, mm-hmm. like being a coach or running a club or I mean business, whatever it is. It's all kind of similar. Yeah, I just think it'd be very tricky. That's that's what I, that's my answer. <laughs> like, like, you know, I'll, I'll make it. I'll, I'll get a little more specific, right? Like when Micah, Ma, and I first started running the six two. Yeah, there we had a lot of freedom to do what we wanted and we were getting tricky. Like we just like send it to each other. Like we, we drop back and pass and row two. I'd push it to him fast. He'd run a one ball to me. You know, it basically was just our little game. Right. But then how long is that going to work? So then Sproul was like, okay, like you guys have to start running a, a more traditional system, but we still implement, implemented some stuff that we were doing. That was yeah. a little bit tricky. And that's kind of it. Like you need to allow the freedom, but to a certain extent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Within, a a system. within a system. Yes. Yeah. Also, it's just like, yeah, allowing your people to do what they do best, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the thing that they're going to be best at is whatever they are passionate at and are skilled at. So like you have to milk that part of it, squeeze the juice mm-hmm. and then figure out, but how does it fit in? Yeah. as a whole with ev- all the other pieces yeah and it's hard because with volleyball everyone just naturally has so many moving pieces mm-hmm. just to make it work financially and what have you so you have like sponsor obligations family travel you have like a couple different companies that you're just yep. starting up and it's just managing exactly. your time and your focus yeah compartmentalizing it's hard but it's also fun it's a fun little challenge if you, yeah, totally. you have to make sure that you keep it fun as soon mm-hmm. as it like you just let the things seep in. That's where it gets gnarly. And then it seeps into everything. And like, yeah, you go, you can make yourself a little crazy. Yeah. Like that perfectionism. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I saw, I don't know, reading or something this year where I was like, it was saying just find humor in your errors or whatever it is. And I was just like, I'm going to stick, I'm going to keep that this year. Cause I felt like last year got a little heavy trying to do everything the right mm-hmm. way. And like, so I'm going to like do things wrong. I'm going to have failures, injuries, whatever it might be. 
like find some humor in it doesn't mean I'm going to not work hard anymore or give up or like laugh like a jackass at the wrong time, you know, like, but that's, but like to be like, okay, here we go again. Like, you know, just that slight like perspective change of like having a little humor to it and like joy in the challenges changes a lot. I think that's, that's something that Jake and I worked on a lot last year. And, uh, specifically Chicago, our, our first match, you know, we just got whomped by, uh, came and Theo. And then we went our separate ways until the next day. And we, came, and I came back and I, I, you know, I looked for a little guidance from my weight coach. And he's like, you know, two things he said to me was, you know, don't be super, don't be as serious as you think. And then bookend, um, thing. So like, Oh, this is good. We need to work on this. This is good to keep it light, to not put as much stress or seriousness mm-hmm. on it. And it worked, you know, for, we made our run up until you guys. And then, you know, we, we, there was, there was one point I knew we were kind of screwed. We had, I think I hit off the block or there was a tool that came over and, uh, Jake ran after it and it was like 20 feet out and he dove. <laughs> just for just as like to keep it light and i was like oh no that's not it (laughs) you just can't do that so there's the balance right it's like that's right it's like you know keeping it light but still taking care of there's an art to it yeah exactly keeping it light but you're not goofy i know what you mean Uh, you could be goofy but still business yeah like because i felt Throughout the other thing, we would like we'd make great plays and we were dancing or we were like looking at the camera and doing stuff like that. But yeah, it's never a joke, though. You know, no, it's never a joke. You're never like telling your partner or the other team like that's eh, a joke, whatever. I'm not serious about it. Like, no, right. you're you're intentionally keeping it light right. because yes. it's what's best for yeah. reaching your goal. Like, yes, I'm very much have that intention still in place. But the fi- the second that you look like you're you don't care anymore and you're joking, no, no you're gonna lose your partner. Mm-hmm. You're gonna lose everything. Yeah. And actually, I just saw the prime example of that was actually in the Interpema finals. Um, it was Arnaud uh, Gautier and Yusuf Crew, mm. and George and Andre were playing fantastic. But there was a tough play that happened. Uh, I think. Yusuf got soft blocked and then George sets Andre perfect and Arno just turned around and start walking back into serve receive and Yusuf like makes this crazy touch and ball ends up being a kill. And he's looking at Arno like, where are you at? And so I was commentating with Simon. He goes, they're done. That's it. Mm-hmm. They're done. Like the body language you show yeah. your partner, whether it's just, if you're just goofy to the point where, you know, you've lost them or you actually like turn around and just start walking back and you are actually losing yourself. It's important. You're communicating something yeah. with all of that. Yeah. And even that, when the match is over, it's like your partner's going to remember that to the start of the next tournament. Yeah. You're like, you know, at the end at the end of a lot of sets, a lot of us players are like, hey, let's set the tone for the next set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're probably going to lose this. But let's just win this last point, like mm-hmm. this one. And let this huge, point set the tone for huge. the next set. Yeah. yeah. And it ends up. Seems to work. Yeah. I don't know. And now in Elite 16s, that point could be the difference between breaking, pull, and not. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like it's actually important. Yep. True. <laughs> Mentally and physically. <laughs> What's the big volleyball goal for you? Do you have one? 
Um, you know, I've I've always thought of the Olympics, and it's just I I have I think I I I don't think I know I can do a better job of of setting up my roadmap, and it's taken me a little with injuries and just understanding how you know the FIVB and the USA system and everything works out. Um, so getting a better grasp of that, and then just on top of that, just keeping like pushing my volleyball as best I can, and that's you know. Like I've said, I've, I feel like I have the athletic. It's now time to, and it's always been time, but it's it's like really dialing in my volleyball. Because I think for me, I've, I haven't felt bad out of system in a long time because I know if, you know, if that ball's in the air, I can make something work. Mm-hmm. But at the highest level, that's, you know, you need to be consistent as much as possible because as soon as, you know, you show a little bit of leeway, it's gone. Yeah. So grinding working on the volleyball being as consistent as possible and hitting the crap out of my serve yeah, <laughs> love it. Yeah. I, like, I like that yeah they 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 really didn't like it at king of the court and uh and you were heading the hybrid yeah you guys yeah. were rolling i think that was good That's yeah a, a ideally that that wasn't a uh, like a one-time thing or like the first time they saw my serve but like you know when when i feel confident when i feel like i can get around that ball it's it's i like it a lot it's different because you're the only person I know who hits it like that. Mm-hmm. Dylan Zaka and Caleb Queckel have a similar one, but oh. their toss is maybe half the height of yours. They, they're swing; they're like in on top of it. Yeah, it, it works. But no, I just I've copied my dad. He did the same thing. Huh? Yeah. And uh, I don't want to give all my secrets away, but yeah, <laughs> you know, just seems more controlled and. I've my the hybrid aspect. I haven't gotten perfect at that, like throwing in the floats. But yeah, I'm working on that a lot. Yeah, but I think the fact that it is different mm-hmm. gets you a couple, at mm-hmm. least a handful of out of system plays, if mm-hmm. not a couple aces, just because it takes people a minute to figure out the timing of the toss to the hit and then the velocity of it. Like you can mm-hmm. put some meat on like it. a hybrid topspin, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've noticed that I'm, you know, I my float serves not good. Like it. I, Something's wrong with my wrist. I just corkscrew it every time. <laughs> I don't have the dancer. Yeah. I do funky stuff and I hit spots well. Mm-hmm. But when I'm actually float serving well, I'm starting. The ball's starting to put topspin on it, mm-hmm. and I'm just trying to get it to the spot quick. Yeah. And I've noticed that that's just my float serve is just like that chop line or like you know whatever it might be. So maybe, you know, there's a little bit of that bleeding in. Maybe mm-hmm. I should just go for it. Just keep hitting jumpies. Your jumps are too good. Well, that too, but <laughs> no, that tires you out. Yeah, I mean, you can't yeah, go it for does. it all the time. Yeah. I mean, after, I've never been tired. And first, full-time first, walking. Full-time first and foremost, I've never been tired in my entire life. <laughs> okay. Um, but Miami was, you know, we were putting some miles, it, like towards the end of AVP, AVP Miami. You know, the body was feeling it. Not tired, though. Um, <laughs> And yeah, just going back there and it's the, the shallow sand, it's like, okay, I can go. But every time I see that toss, I'm like, okay, I mean, yeah. like, I, the eyes light up, the yeah, brain yeah. lights up and I'm ready to go after it. Um, so yeah. Yeah. No, you can't, you can't only, you can't go a whole season with only having a jump serve, like yeah. an all out jump serve Yeah. as a full-time blocker now too. Like when I was playing split blocking is, the extra three steps up there and a max jump is, is massive. something for sure. Yeah. Also, my neck, and I'm pretty sure I have a, 
bone sticking out of my liver here. <laughs> going to Cairo tomorrow. <laughs> that hole just piking and reaching like that, the protraction just like, oh, crushes my neck. But yeah, so I need a little hybrid in there. <laughs> I'm working on my sky ball. It's coming out soon. Did you hit it like your dad? Yeah. Like it Because uh, that's one thing. How did your dad hit it? Hits it. I'm like curious. Just straight out of the hand, pop it straight That's out. how no, I do it. Yeah. I can't do I mean, obviously you can do it every once in a while, but mm-hmm. my consistent one is just like I go, I use my legs and yeah. just pop it out of the hand. I, I don't know. I mean, there's only so much video, but I've, I don't think I've ever seen him miss a sky ball. <laughs> he killed uh, Karch and Kent on that in that quarterfinal match. Mm-hmm. It's not a, you know, the, the idea behind it, it's not like it's going to get you an ace. It just changes the one, just the eye level and the pace of play. Exactly. Like you're, you're down here the whole time and then going up to find it, coming back in, and it's just, it's just something different. Yeah, the, the height of your key. pass mm-hmm. and then the set that you get back maybe or mm-hmm. like the, or the t- amount of time you have to get to your your P.O.P., your, uh, yeah. what, what does P.O.P. stand for? Point of preparation. Point of yeah, preparation. Batter's box. Jose's confused me about that. <laughs> Jose confuses himself about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it totally throws all of it off. You're like, oh, that was easy. I just nailed your sky ball. But you're like, but I feel different. Yeah. Like, I don't feel as in rhythm right now as, as normally. But not everyone can hit. Like, Adrian's a freak. Yeah, it's just different. He's a freak. It's dude. different. Yeah. But the, the French defender, Arno Gatte, he was hitting that sky ball mm-hmm. like your dad did. Mm-hmm. And this thing was towering. Yeah. I mean, the amount of time it took for that ball to come down was alarming. In Brazil? In Brazil, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because oh, wow. he started breaking it out. They were um, getting beat pretty bad in the second set by Spain, Herrera Guevara. And so he just started doing it to get the crowd into it. And they loved it. And so now he had a fun Brazilian crowd on his side. And, I mean, he didn't miss any. Yeah. And Spain was having a little bit of trouble with it for the same reason that you are mentioning, where it mm-hmm. just changes enough. Yeah. And so he just started breaking it out. And he did it once in the finals. And George was just like, try, it was a perfect pass. But you yeah. could tell it was not. It wasn't easy. Yeah. <laughs> Is it open fist or I go top open. of the hand? Yeah. You open. Yeah. I kinda, I also, I'll mix in this or I'll... I'll Never full fist like this. Always hmm. like a little platform. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bigger. Yeah. I do the hammer. Hammer. <laughs> the sky <laughs> That's why hammer. it's less accurate. Anything underhand I do is right-handed. Really? Tennis, ping pong, like any sorry, sky ball righty. Okay, I have a question for you, yeah. both of you. Do you think, so comparing tennis and beach volleyball, which sport requires more strategy? The initial thought is beach volleyball because there's more moving factors. And, and how so? Well, I, I, I'm on your page as well, but I've been having this argument for a long time. I, I saw. Mean, if I talked to a tennis player and, and got inside the minds, I'd be like, whoa, tennis is really complicated. But yeah. the angles, first of all, because you're further back, right, mm-hmm. are just less. So what, then, so what you have a racket, racket involved. Yeah. What inspired this was there were some you know social media posts, right? And they said that like it, as you get older, the more the people who play racket sports have like better cognitive skills or they're like healthier throughout. Hmm. And it it was because of one just like moving around and one and then the second was the strategy of racket sports just the thinking element yeah and like you know you can play you can play tennis and pickleball and paddle wall or paddle tennis because you're older because there's not as much 
stress. Right. Same thing with volleyball though, right? Yeah. So that was, that was the argument. Beach volleyball or tennis? Right. What do you think? I think beach volleyball. Yeah. Because there's two people you need to strategize against. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's more factors, I think, because tennis is typically in a pretty enclosed arena a lot of times. There's less wind involved. Yes, I agree with that. I think that there are more elements at play in beach. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, depth of sand. And that and, with mm-hmm. serving, say serving tennis, you'd have a very finite space mm-hmm. where beach, you have the whole court mm-hmm. you can stand anywhere on the end line mm-hmm. and just the, the amount of freedom you have in beach, you can run a different offense with a different person. Mm-hmm. I think there's just a lot more top spin serve, float serve, sky ball, short right corner. Versus it helps yeah, left corner. players, but I, yeah. I definitely agree. And those I, are, those I, are I all also my never same played tennis. Yes. Yeah. And you did. I like, I get it. There's, there's definitely a lot of strategy and do you break one argument was we broke it down and said just amount of touches per play yeah you know initially there's always going to be four for tenant or for volleyball excuse me there can there you know to at least for one net crossing and for tennis it's it's back and forth but then you look at tennis and usually most rallies are back and forth across the net a bit but you know if i go if i hit a forehand to your backhand you just have to get that ball in or are you always on the attack versus in volleyball you have so many options just from the get-go of how to receive a ball and then do you go over or do you keep it on your side and then the second guy same thing right go over keep it hand set bump set yeah whatever especially how dynamic so offenses there's are so many out. more options of yes. having three touches yeah right of like ways that things can change versus like you're chasing down a ball in tennis this thing there's like a fan like you know however big of like you can hit it there that's your options yeah a little faster sometimes you got the slice in there depending Mm -hmm. on what your position or the drop shot or whatever Mm -hmm. but like a lot of times you just don't have that many options beach volleyball is three touches so just get the first one up and now boom there's tons of options yeah Yeah. in terms of what's the most psychologically demanding i think i would put golf and tennis above beach volleyball because it's just you. Mm. Yeah, but golf is number one because there's no fast out. I was talking to Zana about this. Totally, golf. Like, but is there, is there a fast <clears throat> out in, in beach? Yeah, if you're sucking, you lose faster. If you're sucking oh, in golf, yeah. it extends. Oh, I, see, I, see, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Fast out. That's true. You got 18 holes to play regardless. In oh. beach volleyball, I mean, you, you, can, you can make that loss as fast as you need it to be. That's funny. <laughs> true. I mean, you can also, like, you're in the tank options. Like yeah, I was kind of spraying balls, and your partner's just you someone. Thank you, help. thank you. But you never, you never can hide. Balls. That's, but yeah, I guess you have that aspect of the second person. Yeah, but with, I mean, with tennis and golf, like it is you. You're sitting in it. That's it. Golf's I mean, gnarly. Yeah, because for me, golf is like the walk is fine. I'm pretty good with like awareness, but then like that split second of when I go back, I'm like, but what if I lose it there? I don't have enough time to get my mind back. And I can't just stop swinging. Yeah, that little mm-hmm. that little short period is is the one that it can get me something. Like late me. in the day, late in. The, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, I was playing in. I a can't tournament see the ball anymore. When I, was <laughs> in, when I was in college, and uh, it was just like we called them beer scrambles, and so we were just messing around. We we're playing like pretty much prison rules golf, where you can <laughs> do anything to the guy while he's swinging except for touch him. <laughs> and um, 
But he just goes up to me before I putt, and he's like, do you inhale or exhale while you're putting? Oh, that's good. And that killed me. That's I was like, good. I, now you're making I don't me know. pay attention and to it. And now I was like, I'm putting. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> it broke me, dude. He was a competitor or no? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's but, uh, brilliant. Yeah, it was like the greatest little thing, and now I think about that all the time. I want to. I'm gonna say that to like Adrian before he before he starts. Hey, when you're skyballing, do you know if your like toes are? I'm like, already uh, thinking about it. So it's a good. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. I mean that that threw me for like legitimately years. I love that. <laughs> it killed me. Now what sometimes you, when I play, what do you do? I do a half exhale. Yeah, that's the same thing when you're um, hunting and you're shooting. Yeah. You do a half exhale, a little relaxation, right. then you shoot, inhale, and then you finish. I'm pretty sure inhale speeds it, like inhale and hold your breath speeds up your heart. Exhale, relax. Yeah, it, right. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that's where I've got it down to. <laughs> Sometimes you I'll sure think you want to do it. a half exhale? <laughs> Are you sure? Do you exhale? Do you do a chest? Well, what about like <laughs> what about a two thirds? It's so fun to have these little chats about it because it really messes with people. Have you tested your you know aerobic ability and your like, like oxygen levels and how much you can come in? What if it's not a half for the day? Exactly. While you're putting, it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> Different when you travel. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I'm glad we had you in here, man. Yeah, it's about time. Yeah, buddy. Good times. Yeah. Appreciate you Thanks guys. This is awesome. Yeah. Do we miss yeah. anything? You want to chat about anything else? No, I saved a lot of good stuff for the next time. Oh, nice. there you, you go. Know. Love that. Well, do you have any sponsors you need to shout out? We try to do a good job. Uh, big thing is we're working King of the Beach where we've been working on, cool. uh, you know, our revamping our apparel mm-hmm. for a year now. We've been dealing with factory stuff, but. Um, really pushing, you know, I, w- I had like a huge part in designing it and the material and, uh, basically the material and the, like the lightweight and how it will play for, you know, a long time. So I'm super excited about that. Sick. Mm-hmm. Sweet. I'll wear it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone get on Blinda? Blinda. Blinda. Oh, yeah, Blinda. In your area. How do you spell that? Soon. B-L-I-N-D-A. Just yeah. one A. Okay. Yeah. For whatever reason, I thought it was two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right on. Sweet. Right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, dude. Shit, Hag. Shoots. Shoots. Shoots.